Tabernacle Presbyterian Church presents Sunday with Tab. Tabernacle Presbyterian Church, located at 34th and Central in Indianapolis, welcomes you to Sunday with Tab. Today, guest speaker Rob Springer delivers the message entitled, Jesus, Judo Master Genius. We'll also have music from the Sanctuary Choir. So join us now from the Sanctuary of Tabernacle Presbyterian Church for Sunday with Tab.
The Lord says, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Let us then confess our sin, relying on the promised mercy and compassion of God. Let us pray together, saying, Almighty God, so often we know not what we are doing. We are so absorbed in our concerns that we are unaware of who is being hurt by the works of our hands or the desires of our hearts. We fail to see how connected we are, how our actions affect so many, how the web of creation links us all together. So often we do not realize that what we are doing is sinful, contrary to your purposes, and obstructing your gracious intents. Have mercy on us, O Lord. Open our eyes so we can see who we are and what we have done. Cleanse our hearts so we can be who you call us to be and do what you would have us do. For the sake of Jesus Christ, who rules over all and hears the cries of our hearts. Friends, hear the good news. Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life has gone, a new life has begun. Believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven and we are free. To God be the glory. Alleluia. Amen. Would you stand and join me as we offer an affirmation of faith from a writing called Our World Belongs to God. As followers of Jesus Christ living in this world, which some seek to control, but which others view with despair, we declare with joy and trust, our world begins to God. From the beginning, through all the crises of our times, until his kingdom fully comes, God keeps covenant forever. Our world belongs to him. God is king. Let the earth be glad. Christ is victor. His rule has begun. Alleluia. The spirit is at work renewing creation. Praise the Lord. We rejoice in the goodness of God, renounce the works of darkness, and dedicate ourselves to holy living. As covenant partners called to faithful obedience and set free for joyful praise, we offer our hearts and lives to do God's work in his world. With tempered impatience, eager to see injustice ended, we expect the day of the Lord. And we are confident that the light which shines in the present darkness will fill the earth when Christ appears. 
Come, Lord Jesus, our world belongs to you. Amen. You may be seated. This morning we have a um, special blessing, an opportunity to receive a message from one of our deacons, Rob Springer, longtime member, who has um, a message to deliver to us that God has laid on his heart, and it's a joy to be here to receive it. And um, Rob has given me a few scripture passages that are contained in his message or referred to in his message, and I'm going to read them um, to you today. Uh, I will give you, they're listed in your bulletin, and I will give you a little background before I read them. Um, The first one is from Matthew chapter 19, and we're going to be reading verses 21 and 22. And to set this up, Jesus has been um, speaking to the Pharisees and to the crowds, and people have been asking him a lot of questions. And then um, someone came to him and asked, what good deed must I do to enter into eternal life? And so then Jesus has a conversation with him and talks about the commandments and ends with, um, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And so the young man says, well, I've done all this, so what is it that I lack? And Jesus said to him, if you wish to be perfect, go. Sell your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this word, he went away grieving, for he had many possessions. And then we move to a story in the book of Mark that's also told in Matthew. In Mark's gospel, this is an exchange between Jesus and a Gentile woman from the Syrophoenician region, origin. And in Matthew's gospel, she's referred to as a Canaanite woman. And so we'll be reading in Mark, verses 26 and 27. Now the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin, and she begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he said to her, let the children be fed first, for it's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. In Matthew, we hear that exchange differently. Coming from chapter 15, She comes and she says, she shouts, according to Matthew, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. And in Matthew, we're told this. But he, Jesus, did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away for she keeps shouting after us. And finally, we will hear a last reading from the uh, last chapter of Matthew, chapter 28, 
a very familiar reading, verses 19 and 20. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Lord God, you have always been a God of the unexpected. You picked Abraham and Sarah in their old age to be the father and mother of nations. You picked David over all his older brothers to be your chosen king of Israel. And you picked a country girl named Mary to bear your son Jesus. And lastly, you picked us. Thank you, Lord, for this day, for this morning, for this moment. Holy Spirit, be with us here now, in this place, in this time. And when we think of Jesus' ministry on earth, we often carry soft images in our heads, touching lepers, raising a young girl from the dead, letting children gather around him, Yet aside from overthrowing the money changers' tables, we don't always recognize Jesus as a man of action. But Jesus was a man of quiet action, a judo master genius. Now judo uses no blows and no weapons. It uses holds and leverage to unbalance the opponent and overthrow him. And there are many places in Scripture where we see Jesus interacting with people in a judo-like manner, unbalancing people and power structures doing the unexpected. And there are different examples of this judo, this unbalancing. The Sermon on the Mount is filled with them. If someone asks you for your coat, Jesus says, give him the shirt off your back. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Then there are the parables. The prodigal son comes home and a feast is thrown for the joy of his return. A treasure buried in a field, a treasure that cannot be seen, is worth everything. Then there are the stories of Jesus interacting with those around him, like Zacchaeus, the tax collector who perched in a tree to see Jesus and ended up hosting a dinner for him. That's judo. Now, when we think of genius, we often think of Einstein, genius mathematician, Van Gogh and Monet, genius artists, Bach and Beethoven, genius musicians. Genius is not something we usually associate with human interactions, that complex web of social and personal space we don't see any more than a fish sees the water it swims in. But Jesus was a genius of the human heart. He saw our social web, knew what drives us, the forces that make us. Throughout his ministry, he constantly did the unexpected, threw people off balance, always trying to get them to a better place. One example of his genius, his judo that you're familiar with, is the story of Jesus and the rich young man. 
In this case, the only way into this young man's heart had to be something that would upset his world, knock him off his feet, and flip him on his back. Judo. Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard that, he turned away crestfallen, for he was very wealthy. What happened after he turned away? We don't know. Did Jesus' words that knocked him over later allow him to do what Jesus said and give away his possessions? There is no reason we shouldn't hope so. He had encountered Jesus, who saw into him and through him. I like to think he came around. The clearest example of spiritual judo is the well-known story of the Pharisees trying to corner Jesus on the question of taxes. Taxes are always a touchy subject, and never more so than in an occupied country. Uniquely among the occupied lands of the Roman Empire, taxes had a deeper level of shame in Judah because Roman coins carried the image of the emperor, who in the eyes of Rome and the Romans was a god. To pay the tax was economic, political, and spiritual humiliation. Jesus asking for a coin was the setup, and his render unto Caesar answer was the judo flip, ending that humiliation for everybody but the Pharisees. I imagine the audience was laughing. Genius. Another example of Jesus' judo was one he used on his disciples when they encountered the Syrophoenician woman whose daughter had an unclean spirit. His disciples, after all they'd seen, were still missing the point that Jesus' mercy was for everyone. Now along comes this Syrophoenician woman asking a boon of Jesus, a foreigner and a woman. How dare she? The chutzpah. Send her away, his disciples said. By echoing the sentiment of his disciples, saying it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs, Jesus sets up the throw. And by getting back her insistence that Jesus did not limit his ministry to the Jews and the righteous among them, something widely known precisely because it was so scandalous, Jesus tosses over his disciples' expectations. He not only gives her the boon she requested, but praises her great faith. He utilized the disciples' words and attitudes and those of the woman and turned them into a teaching moment for the disciples and for us. There are no outsiders in the kingdom of God. But there is an even greater judo. It's the one the gospels are always doing to us these 2,000 plus years later. Ours is, at its heart, a supernatural religion. Yet we no longer live in a supernatural world. We are stuck in a worldview that says what we see is all there is. We are immersed in it. We live and breathe this material worldview in everything. Trust the science, they say, as if science had all the answers. If it isn't material, they say, it's fantasy. Movies, TV, novels, fantasy. But scripture is a record of things that happened to people, not characters. 
Today, the reality of the Gospels can be hard for people to process. A crucified man rose from the dead? Yes, it's simply the best explanation for everything that followed. But now, instead of pagan gods, we have materialist worldview to contend with. In this material worldview, we can always use some of Jesus' judo on our hearts. There's a scene in a film I highly recommend, Risen, the story of the centurion assigned to guard the tomb of the Jewish Messiah that Rome had just executed. The tomb is empty, Jerusalem is abuzz, and Pilate is furious. The centurion finally finds one of the disciples expecting the man will cower before him, and why not? Rome's neck is upon Judah, upon the world. These disciples not only saw their leader crucified, they grew up seeing hundreds of Jews crucified. Roman power rested upon fear. All such power rests upon fear. But when the centurion finally encounters this disciple, the man is not cowering, he is fearless. He is joyous. And to the centurion, it makes no sense. How can he be unafraid? In fact, the man is so unafraid, he leads the centurion straight to the other disciples, who are surprised to see this Roman, but not afraid of him. Their fear, the greatest fear of all, the fear of death, is gone. And the centurion finds that the man he had seen dead, crucified unto a painful death, is among them, alive, sitting at the campfire, talking and sharing a meal. The centurion's world is shattered. He is thrown over. Let no modern-day materialist claim Jesus didn't die on that cross. The Romans never made that mistake. They knew death intimately and dealt it out routinely. Modern forensics has caught up to what the centurion knew from experience, that when a man's ribs are pierced and water comes out with the blood, he is dead drowned as well as suffocated. The crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus is the ultimate example of God's judo, turning expectations upside down. Death is not the bottom line. Jesus is alive. His message is alive. Love wins, not death, not fear. And the risen Jesus wiped all fear from his disciples, this miracle so well depicted in the film. We see this in the book of Acts. We see it in the early church in response to the Antonine plague of 165 to 189. Christians took in the sick, took in people with not COVID, but smallpox, with a 10 to 25% death rate. Dio Cassius describes the death of up to 2,000 people per day in Rome alone during an especially lethal outbreak in 189. These Christians took in pagan Romans whose own families expelled them from their homes, took them off the street and brought them into their own homes and nursed them. These Christians were not immune to the plague. They were unafraid of it. Their lack of fear was their greatest witness to the risen Christ. Fear is the great killer of our souls, to which Jesus says, be not afraid. Surely I am with you always, 
to the end of the age. The message he preached that says, love your enemies, trust God with your life, and you will have your life back to the extent you gave it away and more, this message is alive. It is alive in the stories we tell of our own lives in Christ. The Open Door Cafe, the meals and communion we bring to shut-ins, in our prayers, in all the ways we pour out our love upon others. The message still works its judo upon our hearts. Shining through the ages, despite all the time that has passed, the gilded crust the church piled upon herself during the ages, the wars it raged, all of humanity's history since the days of Jesus, the days of his wondrous mission, death, and resurrection. Shining through all that fear, the story lives. Jesus lives in those stories and in us. Fear not, he says. Yet we do, sometimes. But fear not, we are loved. It is waiting for us always, this love that conquers fear, the love of God in Christ Jesus. And for that, we are eternally thankful. Amen. You're listening to Sunday with Tab, a production of Tabernacle Presbyterian Church in Indianapolis. We hope you have found inspiration and comfort in today's program. There are many ways to enjoy today's message again. Subscribe to the Tab podcast on your favorite podcast app or go to tabpres.org, tap on the graphic marked sermons, and select the sermon you wish to hear. While there, you can also view the entire worship service. We invite you to join us for worship this morning at Tabernacle Presbyterian Church. We're located at the corner of 34th Street and Central Avenue in Indianapolis. At 8 a.m., we have a communion service in the chapel. And at 10 o'clock, a beautiful worship service in the sanctuary. The 10 o'clock service is also live streamed on our YouTube channel, Tab Indie. For all information on the services and streaming, go to tabpres.org. That's T-A-B-P-R-E-S dot O-R-G. Thanks for listening, and join us next week at the same time for Sunday with Tab. Hi, my name is Marcia Robinson, and I'm a member of Tabernacle Presbyterian Church. Tab's beautiful building has been located at 34th and Central for over 100 years. And although the church is steeped in history, it is also dynamic and forward-looking. I love that TAB is committed to being an integral part of the neighborhood and that there are numerous opportunities to be involved in community service activities and social justice programs. For me, TAB is not only an anchor in the neighborhood and the city of Indianapolis, but it is also an anchor in my own faith journey. I'm Marcia Robinson, and I invite you to come see for yourself. Tabernacle Presbyterian Church, 34th Street and Central Avenue in Indianapolis, invites you to worship Sunday morning at 8 or 10 a.m. If you can't make it in person, tune in to Sunday with Tab, Sunday mornings at 6.30 on WIBC, or find us online at tabpres.org.